Hey guys, it's Wednesday, July 24th. Today on the podcast, Josie Bellini joins me as a guest to discuss crypto art from her perspective and what she's doing in the space. Josie is one of the most popular and up-and-coming crypto artists in the game right now. We really go over her artwork and dive into their meanings and complexities. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher if you haven't already. Enjoy. This is the Block Hash Podcast. Okay, cool. So how are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Awesome. How's Chicago? Um, it is great. Finally getting warm, so I can't complain. Nice. How warm does it get there in the in the summer? Um, it can get pretty hot. Um, sometimes a little bit uncomfortably hot. Um, but right now it's it's in the nice range, so it's good. So I was just at Bitcoin 2019 in San Francisco. Um, it was actually a little bit colder than I thought, but I had never been to San Francisco and everyone said mm-hmm. that that was pretty typical. So, Well, the Bay Area is at sea level, so you get that sea breeze a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. How was the conference? Uh, it was great. Uh, it was their first year pu- putting on something Bitcoin focused. They'd had done one other thing before that, but I thought they did an excellent job. Um, the conference was still small enough where it was intimate and you could talk to whoever you wanted to talk to, but uh, a good size and really quality people were there. So um, it's great. They launched their um, 2020 conference dates. So I'll probably end up going to that as well. Yeah, that's sweet. Were you displaying your artwork there? I was. Or were you just visiting? No, oh, okay. I had a, um, they reached out to me actually, uh, Crypto Graffiti, which is so much easier to say, but his real name is Cryptography, which I need to say. Um, he kind of organized all the artists there, which was really great. So I think there were 10 different crypto artists there and the entire lobby of the main stage um, was filled with crypto art. So it was a very cool experience, not like anything I had seen at other conferences because that's normally not a huge focus. Um, but it was really interesting to see and meet some of the people that we, you know, banter and follow each other on Twitter, actually meet them in real life. Yeah, that's always fun, especially when you're on Discord or Twitter or Instagram and you're talking to some of these people in the crypto space like day in and day out, like exactly. religiously, and then you finally meet them. It's like super exciting. Like like getting talked to Ben Nolan was pretty cool for the first time, like going back and forth with him forever. Oh, yeah. and there's a number of other people as well that yeah. I've met in person. Speaking of Ben, I actually um, – I met up with a couple CVP or crypto voxels people in San Francisco, which was really awesome because now that, I mean, we've talked so much on discord and now that I've got to put a face to name, it just makes it that much more personal. So it was very cool meeting them. Who did you meet? Um, So this time I met steady Spidey monkey. um, And then one other guy, which I don't know if he goes by his real name on Discord. I forget. So I'm not going to say it just in case. Um, and then in the past, I've also, who originally got me into crypto voxels, I met Jin um, in New York at NFT NYC. So I've met those few people, which are pretty awesome people in CV. So I'm glad I've got the chance to meet them in person. Yeah, that's awesome. I talk to them all the time. So yeah, I bet you had a blast talking to them about CV a little bit. Oh, yeah. We went out for drinks and played games. So it was really cool. Very cool. So how did you get involved in all this and blockchain and art and whatnot? I originally, I had heard about Bitcoin in college. um, But then in 2014, there was actually a speaker that came to our school. um, And I was studying finance. So my professor told us, hey, go to this uh, talk and write a page on it and get extra credit. And the talk ended up being about Bitcoin. Um, And that kind of, I mean, it pulled me in right away. The speaker, I wish I could remember who it was. Uh, He was amazing. And he started his talk, which I will never forget. Um, I went to a really small school, like less than 2000 kids, but we had a ton of international students. Mm -hmm. And he started his talk saying, who owns Bitcoin? in the room. And there were four people that raised their hands. And every single person, those four people were all international students from China. So that and he, he wasn't surprised at all. He seemed like that's totally what he expected. 
And then I was totally drawn in for the rest of the talk. Like, what is this? Um, so he did an excellent job. I wrote a write-up on Bitcoin. Me and my friend, we went to the library and we he tried to buy Bitcoin. Um, it was, I think, 300 bucks at the time. And it just was too difficult. We were like, no, whatever. And kind of, you know, forgot about it after that. Um, but that's when I first started learning about it. And then not until um, a couple years later, uh, I was working after school in finance and private wealth management. Um, one of my colleagues told me about Ethereum and I made a small investment in Ethereum. And from there, basically my investments were growing and I was really interested wondering what is going on. Um, so I just started learning everything I could about crypto um, and blockchain and decided I wanted to work in that field. So I ended up going to Northwestern um, to take a full stack dev class and I decided mm -hmm. I was going to build websites for crypto companies and that was going to be my in. Um, so I started doing that, definitely leaned more towards the design side. Um, and I still actually do some work for some really amazing companies. The main one is Blocks Route Labs here in Chicago, which is a ton of uh, Northwestern and Cornell PhDs that have created a scaling solution um, for blockchains. But um, I started doing that. And then I was doing art on the side, just personal art um, that I was interested in, posted it on Reddit, one of my, my very first crypto art piece. And it blew up. Um, and everyone was asking, hey, I want a print of this. Like, how can I get this? And I was like, no, I have no idea how. Like, this is my artwork I just wanted to share. Um, and after that, I just decided there's a market for it. The most powerful thing that humanity has is storytelling. And there's a story that they're like to tell in this situation. Um, so I just continued with that and started my company. Did you ever think that that's how you would start your career? No, definitely not. Um, I've always been interested in art and it's been a passion of mine, but I've always kept it as a hobby because I, I mean, I went to school mm -hmm. for finance, not because I, it's interesting, but not because right. it was my passion. Um, so once I figured out that I could have a career in art, that changed everything for me. Um, I realized that I can make a living that way. And from then on, I just haven't stopped. Yeah, crypto definitely opens up all kinds of new avenues, especially for artists and whatnot. And it's kind of funny how that works in life, especially like when you're coming out of college and um, or you're working on a certain track or you have a certain major, maybe finance or in my case in, in neuro, and then you end up doing something completely different or something that isn't necessarily related to whatever you thought you would do. It's, it's cool hearing stories like that. And yours is definitely very interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, and like you said, it opens so many doors, which is so true. And not only does it open doors, but it, you can create your own door, which is kind of cool. I mean, there was, barely any there was two crypto artists i knew of when i started and that was crypto graffiti and then coin artist who at that point had already moved on to blockchain gaming um but you can really open your own door and create your own path right now in this space which is just so unique um and really awesome absolutely and you mentioned how important telling stories are um what are some of the stories behind your artwork uh yeah and when i storytelling i it's just it's so important to me and some people get a little bit confused when i say that um but it is one of the most powerful forces that humanity has um storytelling you know starts religion politics it starts everything you can tell uh mm -hmm. one person had to climb a mountain and they can climb it with you. But if you get the story to 10,000 people, they can move it. Like, do you know, it just has crazy, crazy um, yeah, power. So for me with my pieces, um, I, I feel like I'm in the right place, right time to tell the story of crypto and the change that it's having on our society. Um, and I, basically tell that through my art. Uh, so I guess we can go into a couple of the different like pieces if you want to talk about the meanings. Um, but each one of them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, each one of them has their own story. Um, and I guess I could start with my very first piece I made. 
um, which was in 2017. And the title of that one is Genesis. Um, and it's a female with a bear and bull mask. So a bear head with bull horns. And she's looking upwards. Um, and this was like in the height of the market in 2017 um, with all these like crazy ICOs and whatnot. Um, and then the background, uh, and at that point I was like watching coin market cap every hour, all the time, like seeing where my investments were at, <laughs> yeah. watching my portfolio, like crazy. And thank God I don't do that anymore. But I mean, I was, I was hooked. It was addictive, you know? Um, so I made Genesis. Oh yeah. Like I would never get any sleep, oh, especially like in 2017. No, because you're just, I mean, the whole market was just going crazy. Um, but that piece I made, I, it kind of like bringing back into, you know, all the things I had learned in finance and all of this, I was like, there's always a correction bound to come when it's on a run like this, which is why I have, she's still looking up because the market was going up at that time, but she still has the base of her mask is a bear. Um, so just kind of like, a subtle warning, I guess. Um, and also just to like bring everyone back down to earth and myself included. Um, but in the background, it has all of the top 100 market cap coins hand painted. Um, and there are some spaces that are left blank, which represent the coins that were yet to come because like I said, those that crazy ICO phase. Um, and even now looking back on that piece, it's such a cool piece because not only was it my first one, but it's like a stamp in time and it shows what was hot at that moment when the market was going crazy. And it even shows stuff like BitConnect, which obviously was like the biggest Ponzi of all time, but it's still important to show because that is a part of the history. Um, and that was in the top 100 coins and pretty high up, which is scary to think about, but also is hopefully a warning and a lesson learned um, moving forward. So that was really interesting to have that in one of my pieces. Um, I'll probably never take that. Which one was that one called? BitConnect. Oh, BitConnect. Is that one on your website? Uh, yeah. Oh, that. Oh, sorry. You, the, you met, I thought you meant that logo. The piece is called Genesis. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of following along as you're talking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that one's on my website. It's one of – that was my very first piece. Um, and the meaning you can read next to it as well. Um, but that one is definitely – uh, has a special place for me. Um, but yeah, you can see all the logos in the back there. Um, and I don't know if there's like any in particular you want to chat about because there's kind of a few on there. Um, but yeah, each one of them has their own story, which is kind of cool. And it also, they were created at a specific time, um, in my journey and also in like the crypto sphere of what was going on in the market at the moment. Who, who's the woman in the photo? Is she based on someone real or is that, that someone that's just uh, fictitious? So some of them are real and some of them are not. This one um, is not. Uh, she Well, she is, I should rephrase that. Um, I take a lot of different features from different people. Like it's kind of mm -hmm. crazy. I have like folders. I look like a creep. I have folders of all these different women. Um, so I take different features, but some of them are actual people. Um, definitely, if you'll write above that on my website is a piece called Resistencia. Um, that one is a piece uh, for Venezuela. And this is actually my friend Mariana from Venezuela. Um, she has political asylum in Chicago. And basically, she told me her story. I was learning about how people in Venezuela were using Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. And I knew I had to create a piece to do anything I could to help. So 100% of all the proceeds raised from that piece selling the original and the prints have gone to Venezuela so far, um, which is really amazing. And we've sent thousands of dollars worth of baby formula and medicine um, to families and hospitals there. Um, so that one is actually a person and some of the other ones are as well. Um, so it just depends on the piece. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I bet her story was really interesting too, because I've uh, talked to so many different people that have been able and been have been fortunate to get out of Venezuela mm -hmm. um, to get their families away, and a lot of them still have extended family and friends that live there, and they talk about how 
they'll be sending Bitcoin or Litecoin or Dash back and forth to help try and support um, their family and their friends that are still stuck there. And there's some really interesting stories. I bet hers was fascinating. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even just hearing her stories about when she was younger and growing up in Venezuela and how it was a really beautiful, wealthy country. Um, It hasn't just been, you know, like this forever. It was, you know, rated one of, I forget what the index is called, but really high living, uh, like, standards and everything like that. And they, um, it shows what a government, how basically how corrupt a government can be to absolutely take over and ruin the financial system and the currency and the value of the currency, um, which is why Bitcoin is so important because you can actually own your assets. But with this piece in particular, um, when she shared her story with me and even a little small snippet, um, she told me that her neighbor and friend, 22 years old, I believe, um, had a very bad shellfish allergy and she was accidentally served shellfish at a restaurant, um, rushed to the hospital because she had a terrible reaction and they didn't have the medication to give to her for a shellfish allergy and she ended up passing. So crazy, like the hospitals can't even help the people there when it's not Mm -hmm. even something that's, you know, so intense, like they got into an accident. It was an allergy that they couldn't help her with. Um, So it's, I mean, it's moving and it's, you know, if somebody has, for me, I didn't have a ton of money I could donate to really make an impact, but I had a skill that I could, you know, donate my time and effort towards to raise money for it. Um, And it's totally, you know, opened my eyes, changed my perspective. When I'm at conferences, I bring, um, I bring Bolivars with me and give them away and people laugh and, you know, I, I get it. I get why they do, but they laugh and they say, oh, these are worth nothing. Like, can I take a stack of them or, or things like mm-hmm. that? And it, it's my opportunity. And this is why I give them out. It's my opportunity to tell them that it's really not funny. You know, it could be our government. It could be in the U.S. Like, hopefully it doesn't happen to us, but it could be us that this is happening to in the future where our currency is worth nothing. So um, it's just interesting and definitely powerful, um, like I said, with the storytelling again, to share her story. And with the augmented reality on that one, um, you can scan it and see that the bolivars completely burn away and the Bitcoin white paper is revealed in the background, which you can kind of see in the original piece burning through. Um, and then her gas mask actually comes off and the Venezuelan flag begins waving behind her as a stance of basically being freed. Um, and the flag has seven stars instead of eight, the current eight stars, because the eighth star actually represents Bolivar. So um, the she told me that Venezuelans prefer to use the flag with the seven stars. So it's, it's really cool to be able to share her story um, through that piece. Yeah, that's really cool. It's really fascinating because um, I – when I see your pieces are like super cool and you can use like the AR features and everything. And they, they really bring like a different aspect to how you look at art and it makes it like more um, almost like watching a video. It feels really interactive. It's fun to look at. And yeah, regarding her, there's, yeah, there's just so many stories and experiences from people that have come out of Venezuela and they either do or used to have the largest oil reserves in the world. So yeah, Venezuela used to be very, very wealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just unfortunate, the situation they're going through. But yeah, I bet her story was incredible. And we don't have to talk about all your art pieces because I know you have quite a few. But one that I really liked that you did recently was the the tune-in one. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to talk about that one a little bit? Because I I really thought that she, the girl on there was from Alita. Yeah, I've had I've had that actually after you said it. I had a couple other people say it to me and then there was one other uh or actually no, two other people that they compared her to which were like living women and they like shared their Instagrams with me and I was like, "Oh, cool. Now I'm following them cuz they look awesome." Um but she is just made up. I didn't plan her off of anyone, but I do love the comparison of Alita. Um, I still haven't seen it, which I need to. Um, but 
I think it's the perfect comparison. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch it. Yeah, I, I know, I know I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I created her, I just wanted this like, like, kind of like real looking at some points, but then you know, the hair just totally like this stark, like really, really light purple, just to like show that it's also like this integrating with some bizarre, like, um, character aspects. And then obviously her suit, which is kind of like robotic looking, but still like almost, uh, I don't know the word, like, um, like special forces, like some bizarre, you know, bizarre thing Mm -hmm. But with the TVs behind her. So this one is, I was really excited when I was making this one because it was kind of just my story into and my interest into NFTs, um, which started honestly relatively recently. Um, I went to NFT NYC in February and it totally changed my entire business, um, changed my perspective on NFTs. I had known about them and kind of blew them off a little bit thinking, um, why would someone ever want to hold a digital piece of art in their wallet and never be able to truly show it off? Um, like what, what's the point of it basically? And I totally wrote it off. And then I went to NFT NYC and my opinion a hundred percent changed. Um, I realized that VR, I thought VR was just for gaming and I've never been a gamer. I always thought it was interesting. VR was interesting, but just never really dove into it. And then I met Jin, who was a big time user of crypto voxels. And he showed me a bit of what crypto voxels, but then also what he was doing. And he does these crazy like 3D scans of like different alleyways. And there's, you know, put he puts like sculptures and graffiti and like this fully like immersive thing in VR. Um, and he was showing me through his iPad and I was just like, what is this? This is so crazy. And I knew he like saw my eyes completely light up and I was like, I need a VR art gallery. And he was like, yeah, you do. And I had not realized that, you know, everyone was saying I need a VR art gallery, not everyone, but, uh, you know, there were already those types of things in crypto. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was totally excited about it. And I realized that, NFT art specifically, obviously gaming is a little bit different, but um, now there is a place, CryptoVoxels, and I'm sure more to come um, to show off these things because it really is a way to be social and to have that gallery in your house, in your store, in your whatever of all these art pieces that you can say that you own and you show them off in that way. I mean, that is the new social media. That is the new um Mm -hmm. conversation starter like that that is wealth in the virtual worlds so that my opinion totally changed once i figured out that you could actually show these sorts of things off and um i was always i've been friends with the founder of neon district and plasma bears um i had a few crypto kitties when they first came out i met the founders of chain breakers i got super interested in crypto voxels um which made me learn about DCL, Decentraland. Um, and then obviously CryptoPunks is just kind of like a a really cool longstanding collectible that has been around for a while. And then Autoglyphs um, are their relatively new uh, project that is completely generated when the, uh, the transactions went through. Um, it's, I, I guess I don't know how to explain that for someone who doesn't know, um, but basically when someone uh, went to buy an autoglyph, the code of the transaction created its own art piece through circles, squares, and lines. Um, so there was only 512 released and they're super rare. And they're like the first completely generated by blockchain code art. Um, so I, I had to create a piece on it um, because it just blew up and it was all that I've been excited about recently. Um, so that was kind of my piece and they're in TV screens, which so, which is so dated, um, but kind of like a cool look in my opinion. And the title of the piece is tune in. So, you know, turn on your screens and tune in to what's going on around you, um, and really see how this like world of NFTs is totally going to change everything in gaming, in virtual property, um, and all of those aspects. 
So that piece was really exciting um, and fun to make. And I was super thankful because that piece um, sold out before I even officially launched it, which was kind of also another hint and clue that everyone else was really excited about this as well. Yeah, this was a really cool one. I really like the TVs in the backgrounds and that you could see like the different uh, dApps on those TVs, like mm-hmm. Crypto Voxels or Crypto Kitties, Crypto Punks, um, Decentraland, a few of the others that I'm not as familiar with. Um, but it was really cool because it, it kind of made me think of having those dApps like appearing on like every single different channel on TV or whatever. Totally. And it being kind of almost like futuristic and everything. And then you have this like robo girl and everything like on the front and it feels kind of anarchist in some ways, also like futuristic. I don't know. It was really cool. Kind of sci-fi almost. Yeah. Um, that might be my favorite one that I've seen you come out with. I was, it's Thank also got a lot of detail in it too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was, that was a fun one to make. And the AR for it was also really fun. Have you seen the AR? Absolutely. Yeah. The AR one's awesome. Yeah. What, so I know you've been using an app to like animate your artwork via AR. What's that app called? So the app that I use is not um, what you use to animate it, but it's basically what uh, it's called art to vive. And it um, is for iOS and Android. It's a free app that really anyone could use. But what the app does is it registers the image um, of your actual art piece and then you register it to link to the video or the animation that you create separately so basically it's just the database that links everything together and then you you know it sets the bounds of what size the art piece is and like once it gets registered through the camera to actually play the augmented reality yeah i'm very familiar with like VR, virtual reality and everything. Uh AR is still one of the few areas that I'm still trying to completely grasp because it's, you have to use like a phone or a device or you have Mm -hmm. to use like a wearable. um, And it kind of like overlays like your actual environment and everything. Exactly. Um, But it can also bring like real world things to life, like your artwork, for example. Exactly. It's super, super cool. How do you see AR kind of shaping art? Because it seems like there's a lot of parallels there. Oh, um, in a lot of ways, there are already some museums that are beginning to use AR and not only not necessarily to move the pieces and do all these crazy things, but to scan them and uh, begin to show you details of the actual artist and when it was painted um, and even like show the process of how it is painted. So I think that is such a cool, unique way of bringing AR kind of to the mainstream um, art through, you know, museums and Mm. basically giving background facts. But for someone like me, I also think it's, it's just such an exciting way to really experience and immerse yourself in the story and the meaning of it versus just viewing it on 2D, which is amazing. I mean, when I first started creating my art, I had no idea that I was going to be implementing augmented reality. So I created them to be viewed and enjoyed uh, as they were, which I still do. Um, But adding those different layers of augmented reality really is just a game changer. Um, It's, it's gotten so much more interest in my art, which is exciting. Um, But I've also been able to share how I create things with other artists to get them to start to do it as well. Um, And I think that crypto artists are already on the edge of, you know, pushing the box and, and not going with gallery representations and doing their own things and selling via cryptocurrency so they can own, um, or so they basically cut out the middleman. So why not continue to push the envelope and add in new features that a lot of the main, um, art world hasn't adopted yet. I was talking with someone a couple days ago about how a lot of these like NFTs and these projects, um, including like the art and stuff, they're very like one dimensional. Um, Like if you buy a crypto kitty, there's Mm -hmm. what's really behind the crypto kitty other than the subjective value that we give it. Like, what can you do? What can you do with the crypto kitty? Uh, Where can you take your crypto kitty? And the really cool thing about AR and VR is that you can, take 
like an NFT, like a crypto kitty, and you can layer it like you're talking about. Um, but you can layer it in such a way that maybe mm-hmm. in crypto voxels, you can walk your crypto kitty or maybe in the, in the real world, you can right. um, see your crypto kitty like in the grass or on the ground, um, kind of like Pokemon Go. Um, or maybe you can mm-hmm. go out and battle your crypto kitties. Right. I know there's some work being done on that as well. But yeah, AR and VR definitely have some major parallels with crypto and everything. And it'd be really cool to see them take some of these DAP projects and really merge them together and create like more usable use cases for them. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. And I actually did a um, commission piece to paint someone's crypto kitty not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did some fun AR with a background change in colors, but just that in itself shows you that people want to have their NFTs also in, in real life. It's not just a digital good they want. They want to bring it. I mean, it's something, obviously, you know how passionate the NFT community is. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to translate that and have that as something that you can own in real life as well, your family probably would think you're crazy, oh, yeah. you know, getting a kitty <laughs> paint. But... <laughs> But I mean, the the value that you hold in that, especially if it is something that either has sentimental value or actual real, you know, monetary value um, is really exciting and people want it, um, which is also really awesome, which is why VR and AR has been so such a huge pivot point for me. Um, And I can tell you a little bit about where I see everything going and some of the fun stuff I'm working on. But um, the. AR or the VR aspect, obviously you can do pretty much anything in VR. You can fully be immersed in, in my case, an art piece. And if, you know, the art piece has um, TVs playing and there's 12 TVs in the painting, why not have, you know, hundreds of TVs around it all flickering, all doing these crazy things and the crazy noises and things are popping out at you and the, you know, electricity is flicking and like all of these insane things. Well, instead of that just happening in virtual reality, you can overlay these things in augmented reality and have them in real life. So you can experience the things that you're experiencing in VR, in AR, if that makes sense, which my, something that's so important to me is bringing all of those pieces together so that it's not just owning a crypto kitty in your wallet. It's having that piece of art also on your wall, having that experience of it moving and it doing these crazy things also on your wall so that you can share with your friends and family. Yeah, I think people are craving, especially people in the NFT community, are craving something physical or something more visual that they can interact with. Like, for example, I, I had people like looking over my shoulder because it looked like I was on Minecraft, like on my phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> walking around and everything. And they were like, oh, you can play Minecraft on your phone. Why is it all black and white and everything? I'm like, no, I'm buying virtual property. And I got like the weirdest look. Like this, like I was like completely crazy, like virtual property. Yeah. Like, like how do you invest in real estate that isn't real or something that you can't see or touch or walk on or survey? And the same thing with like crypto kitties and crypto punks and like all this other stuff. And then just trying to explain it to people, it's can be a little bit of a headache sometimes, but yeah, it'd be really cool to have like some way to make it more physical or make it more visual in the real world or interactable. Mm -hmm. It's, it's frankly, at least hard to explain. Like (laughs) I bet you've Oh yeah. And a lot of people think my work is um, all digital because of much, I'd say a huge percentage of crypto art right now is digital, like with uh, platforms like Super Rare, Known Origin and Makerspace, which is so cool. And I love the platforms, but mm-hmm. it is all digital. So um, I always try to say hand painted or, you know, something of that realm. So people know that my work is physical. Um, But it's also, I mean, at some point you just have to show them. So I have t-shirts that, you know, when you scan the t-shirts, they do something different than what the painting does in some cases, or they do the same thing that the painting does. So you can just have, give someone your phone and say, scan my shirt and, you know, it starts moving so they can see a little bit of what's going on. And I'll tell you that at these conferences, like people are mind blown. People are like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is this sorcery? Um, so it's, it's kind of fun to show them something they just have 
really never seen. Yeah, I need to get one of your shirts, and I also need to get some stickers too. Are are those on your website? Oh yeah, I, I need to send you some stickers. So stickers um, are sent out with every print for free. Um, I don't have them up on my website, but um, okay. I actually have created some new stickers that are going up soon. Um, the issue with some of my old stickers on my website, it just gets crazy when I'm shipping internationally. And basically mm-hmm. I end up paying more shipping costs than what people pay for stickers. Um, and I do, I do free shipping on my website. So that's where it comes into play. Um, but no, I have some new ones coming up um, very soon that are cool. And they're, I'm working with, you know, a company that has warehouses in different countries. So the shipping actually gets a little bit, you know, better, better prices for stuff like that. Um, so it will be up there soon, but I'll still hook you up with some stickers. I still need to send those out. Yeah. Just let me know when you put the new ones up too. I'll, I'll buy some, a whole bunch. I, I freaking love stickers. <laughs> I put them yeah, no, they're very everywhere. One of my new pieces, the choose piece that I recently released on OpenSea, um, that one is coming to a t-shirt and a sweatshirt soon. And really any of my stuff, if someone doesn't really want a short sleeve, but they want a long sleeve or they want a sweatshirt, um, I can do pretty much anything custom. So um, those are coming up soon Yeah, as well. I think that's the one I, I bought actually um, a couple days ago. Yeah, I'll have to get that one on a t-shirt. That one was cool too. I think that was the first art NFT thingy that I bought from you as well and you're you have a um, do you have a mar- is it a marketplace on OpenSea? Yeah, I have a storefront on OpenSea um and choose I have TuneIn up. Well, TuneIn like I said was sold out before I officially released mm-hmm. it. So the NFTs were linked to uh the prints. So anyone that purchased a print also got an NFT. Um so that one is up on OpenSea but already all spoken for and then choose um just went up on I think July 2nd or July 3rd uh, or July 3rd and within 24 hours completely sold out of all the NFTs, which I'm super thankful for. That was so awesome to see. Um, And uh, out of many, one is the next one that will be released on OpenSea. Um, But yeah, that was that was exciting. And I really love that piece. So I'm glad to see that it went so fast and has already I saw a couple sales on the secondary market, which is pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you cracked the top 12 for dApps uh, last week. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, that was very exciting. I wasn't, I, w- I honestly didn't even think about it. I probably should have been more strategic on what I launched. <laughs> but I launched just a couple days before that, before they closed the top ranking up. So I was super thankful and honestly, like surprised to be on that. Um, but how cool. Um it was just awesome. And they've been, OpenSea has been amazing with partnering with me and just answering any questions that I have. So they've been really wonderful. Oh yeah. They're fantastic. With your art, actually, are you selling more NFTs than you are physical art? So it depends. So for TuneIn, um, I am a hundred percent sold out of that, which means that the original has our painting has already sold and all of the prints uh, have already sold. And the way that one is a little bit different than any of my other ones, because I said, as, with purchasing a print, you get an NFT. So those kind of went hand in hand. Um, so, and there was 20 prints and 21 NFTs. And the way that works, and the reason why there's 21 is because number zero will always go to the holder of the original painting. Um, so number zero is obviously the most rare and most unique and most valuable because that person paid whatever they did for the original. Um, and then number one and number two, um, I will, I always keep as artist edition. Number one is an artist edition and number two, um, to, I have a special project that I'm working on that's really unique. Um, but if I wanted to auction it or sell it or, or do something like that, so number three NFT is pub like initially the most rare item you can have that's publicly released besides the original. Um, it's the lowest number that you can have. Uh, so number three is I guess pretty pretty valuable. Um, and then they go all the way up to number twenty. 
So choose, yes, I still have some prints of that actually, but all of the NFTs are gone because those were sold separately from each other. Okay, gotcha. How, how are you actually creating your NFTs? I know I've been using additional, uh, which is pretty helpful as well. Um, do you have like your own method for creating your NFTs or what do you do? Yeah, um, additional is awesome, by the way. I really like um, the group there. And I did a little raffle with them not too long ago, mm-hmm. which was cool to see um, how their platform works. Um, but no, I I am doing mine through minting them through OpenSea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is um, some code basically that allows me to update my pieces with all of the traits. So right now the piece that you bought, Choose, it just has the title and the price of it that you previously bought it at and the meaning. But um, just like your other NFTs have, like your crypto boxes, it's has the property of being in Frankfurt and being 13 meters tall and all of these things. Mm. My pieces will also have traits, um, which I do all through uh, basically code through OpenSea. Um, that those aspects will add another layer of um, really exciting stuff to my work. So basically I'm going to be incentivizing collectors um, by saying, hey, if you have three of these or three of these traits in any of your pieces um, or some combination of whatever, then you will receive a very limited NFT that only the first 10 collectors that um, basically submit the criteria will receive. So I'm able to do really cool things like that where um, I can basically reward my collectors um, based on what they have in their wallets. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know you were doing that. That, that definitely adds a new dynamic to it as well. Oh, yeah. And you could do also like, I mean, that's just really scratching the surface. I'm also thinking about things where you can um, turn two pieces in where they get burned and then you get a new piece um, that no one else has. So weird, cool stuff like that, that just like continues to keep changing the art and adding to it. Um, just little by little. Yeah, that is weird and cool. I like it. Very, very awesome. Are you working on any new art pieces? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm working on new art pieces and then I'm also working on, um, some larger projects. So in the way of new art pieces, I have a piece coming up, um, that is, uh, another one that's a kind of focused on NFT space um, because so many people are like, oh, I wish I would have gotten TuneIn. Um, and this one is completely different than TuneIn, um, totally different look and feel and, and everything. Um, but I do have another one of those coming up. Um, and then I have some other Ethereum artwork coming up as well. Um, so those, I'm not exactly sure when they'll launch, but those are in the works. Um, but then I'm also working on some other larger projects that I'm really excited about. Um, I'm working on my own uh, VR gallery and not just in crypto voxels, but something like super immersive um, where basically my plan is to have a physical art gallery showing. Um, so basically you rent a huge space with all uh white walls and have literally no art hanging on the walls but when someone comes in and they look at this space and they're like okay i thought i was coming to a gallery showing where's the art and then um they will put on a vr headset um or view through their phone i'm still working those things out and then they will completely be immersed in my vr gallery um, which will have not just artwork hanging on the walls, but will also have like a fully immersive scene. So if something, for example, has, one of my art pieces has more of like a jungle vibe or like jungle theme, there will be foliage and vines and birds flying and you know animals coming out the walls. So very like full experience artwork um, that really there's nothing in front of you, but it's all happening in VR. Um, and then they can obviously take a print home that when they scan it with the AR, will do the same thing that they saw in VR. So that's, I'm super excited about that. Um, that is not coming out for a while because, um, I'm 3d modeling 
um, everything that comes with it. And I'm self-taught in all the things that I do. Um, so that that's going to be really exciting. Um, and then I'm also working on another big project that I've been working on for a while. Um, that's totally insane and probably only an, an insane collector will buy it. Um, but it's, I, I don't want to give it all away, but it's basically um, a blank piece of artwork that will also blow your mind at the same time. So Got it. that's as far as I'll go with that one, but it's 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 definitely going to be bizarre, um, but really fun. So it's blank, but it's not really blank. Got it. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that sounds intense. Like, Matt, I can't imagine just walking into like a completely blank room with like white walls um, or just a plain colored wall and not seeing any actual artwork and then throwing on like a headset and all of a sudden just whoosh, you just, you're in a completely different environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited about that one, especially like I said, the art, I feel like combining VR and AR into art right now is still so new and to bring that to a physical space and not just, like I said, I'm so about having like, you know, all of the worlds kind of colliding um, to have that somewhere physically and have people really experience that. Like, I think it'll definitely change their perspective on things. Yeah. That sounds like something I'm definitely going to have to come check out. I assume it'll be Chicago based. Yeah. Yeah, it will be, but I also am trying to figure out um, how to probably the day after, not the exact same time it launches in person uh, to kind of keep the, you know, keep it special. Um, probably the day after I'll have some sort of uh, online version of it so people can still experience it if they're not, don't, if they're not able to make it out to Chicago. Yeah, totally. That, that'd be really cool as well. So how do you see crypto changing art or affecting art or evolving art, uh, whatever that may mean to you? Um, I've asked a few people that are also in, in involved in crypto art as well. Um, the same question, mm -hmm. but the answer is almost always different. It's really interesting. Um, everyone's opinion on it, but from your opinion, from your perspective, how do you think crypto will change the way we look at art? Um, I think there's a couple things. I think for it's it depends on which side you're looking at it from. I think from an artist's perspective, it gives an entirely new way to, um, and even if the content isn't actual crypto art, just art in general, um, it, it allows you to be able to cut out the middleman and truly sell your own items for crypto, own your own assets um, because you're owning crypto and not Basically, I, I don't have anything against galleries, but I also um, don't work with any galleries for reasons. Um, and it's because, I mean, galleries take 40 to 60 percent of an artist's um, commission. So it's it's quite a huge, huge amount. Um, and it's it was shocking when I found that out. So I think crypto allows for artists to really be able to earn their own money in that way and have things transparent of really who is getting what cut. Um, but at the same time, I guess for me personally, um, it's given me an entirely new perspective, um, combining the two crypto and art, an entirely new perspective on on the future, on what people are interested in, on it, it continues to help me just push myself to learn new things. Uh, I think really the possibilities are endless. It gives it, you know, obviously there's so many companies working on things like provenance, um, it block, uh, block art, codex, there's a few out there. Um, and they're working with some really huge, you know, art, art auction houses. Um, so there, the possibilities are endless provenance, um, artists actually truly being able to uh, uh, create or make their own money and not have the gallery as the middleman. Um, for me, just exploring more and more things and, and sharing my story with other people and other people resonating it and also buying the art. Um, crypto and art is basically for me the 
the first thing that's allowed me to have a savings account um, because that's how I accept most of my payments. So I, I think the possibilities really are endless. Absolutely. Totally agree as well. And especially from the perspective of the artist, I think there's a lot of great benefits to using crypto with your art, whether it's for keeping your royalty, whether it's for preserving your art, improving authenticity. I I think there's just so many really cool avenues that are starting to be explored and ground that's being broken. Love, uh, Love hearing different perspectives on that as well. Yeah. And I think that companies that are working in this space are doing an excellent job. Um, and I would even challenge them to push it further, but just to break um, historically what is the norm. And um, I mean, there are places like, uh, I believe Super Rare does it as well. Yeah. Super Rare, I'm sure plenty of others, OpenSea, when um, your art gets sold, anything, any of your NFTs get sold on the secondary market, you can um, set it to reap some of the benefit basically of the secondary sale. Um, so I just had someone resell one of my pieces today and, um, I get a small payout for that, uh, as the value of that art continues to increase and continues to sell for more and more. Um, it's tracked with the same contract on the Ethereum blockchain. So you get to continue to, um, get rewarded for that. So it's, it's important what the companies are also adding into their, um, platforms as well. Absolutely. Are there any important updates or dates or anything in the world of Josie that the listeners should be aware of that you have going on? Um, I am initially going to release everything um, on my newsletter before I release it publicly on Twitter and different forms like that. Um, So newsletter is definitely the best way to stay up to date. Um, but that's about it. You can follow me on Twitter, um, add yourself to my newsletter, and you can basically figure out everything that I'm doing from those two things. How do they add to the newsletter on your website? Yep. Uh, Josie.io is my website, and you can just scroll to the bottom um, and type in your email. It, I think it has a name field, but you don't have to fill out the name field. You can just um, type in your email and submit. And then my um, Twitter username is at Josie Bellini. Awesome. Um, Josie, thank you for coming on and everything. I, I know you're very busy and you've had a lot going on. And I know that a lot of people will appreciate listening to it and hear about the stories behind your artwork and everything that you're you're working on, you're doing. And um, again, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. This is awesome. I, I appreciate you going around and chatting with people and having these conversations. It's awesome to listen to. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Em. Bye.